right, guys, right. welcome back to the podcast. I am here with Tim Macy. You may know him if you're in the real estate industry Possibly. from the Tim Macy show. No, you've, you've interviewed a bunch of big players yeah. at this point, and your show's really, really good. Thank you, sir. I think mine, the one that I was on, was the best, but overall, your show's very, very good. Thanks for spending some time with me, bro. Well, Thank you're very you. welcome, man. You, know? you you got the nice spread here. I, I, I had never to lure have... him with gummy bears and all this kind of oh, stuff. A big We've gummy got bear some guy. Wine. We've got yeah. you know pistachios. We're here, Anaheim, Tom Ferry Summit. Mm-hmm. We I mean we've met a bunch of times now face to face. Yeah. I always enjoy all the like interesting ideas, the interesting angles. Your exp, but anyone that doesn't know who Tim Macy is, give him like you know your exp. You're doing the flips. Give him your whole little your um, little spiel. Well, for one thing, I mean I'm always doing something new, which is probably not a good thing, right? I got shiny object syndrome to the death. I'll I'll always be pursuing yeah. the next thing. Well, I think that's a lot of us that are like entrepreneurs. Yeah, like, it's know. just the the infatuation of of the next thing. Um, so yeah, real estate, San Antonio, Texas, from Connecticut, same area. That's, that's right. another connection. Which is we so, have. which is actually so interesting because. The power of social media, the power of like putting content People, out there. Relationships. We never yeah. knew each other in Connecticut, and we no. literally grew up in the same county. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's interesting to me. So San Antonio got into investing because I didn't know anybody in San Antonio because I'm from Connecticut. Then that became this kind of social media thing because what I was doing was interesting, right? Doing live videos in crack houses, right? Like that was funny. That's interesting. Right. And so people liked that. Then I became the, you know, investment guy in San Antonio. And then I interviewed some investment guys and, you know, I'm big on just doing stuff, engaging the reaction. And so I interviewed Mitch Steven, who's a very successful real estate investor down there. I just had a lot of people come up to me in person and say, hey, I saw your video. I took a lot from it. In that San was Antonio. Great. In San Antonio. Okay. And I was like, man, all right, maybe I got something here. So I kept interviewing people. And what's amazing is that when you ask people, hey, would you like to come be on my show? Like not many people say no. You know what Because right, I mean? when you put it out there like that. You know what's actually super impressive to me? What's that? I always give myself a pat on the back because you know where I grew up. Yep. Um, New London County. Up in the woods, though, mm-hmm. and I always give myself a pat on the back, like, "Oh, I built my business on the shoreline, knowing nobody on the shoreline ever." Yep. You went basically across the country and built yeah. your business, yeah. knowing absolutely yep. nobody. Like, I actually, I always say I knew nobody on the shoreline, but I could leverage a few people mm-hmm. in the state that I did actually know. Yeah, you did it knowing nobody. You're doing it knowing. Yeah nobody down there well it's funny you say that so i'm gonna get a little personal here which i think every good interview does um you know i grew up boxing right yeah yeah and so my brother and i were like these local boxing guys in southeastern connecticut and i always felt like i had a little bit of a leg up because i had this reputation locally like if i went to get a job somebody knew somebody and they were going to give me the job right you know what i mean like i had this leg up and what i liked about diving into a brand new market i knew nobody it kind of let me figure out like is the success, is all the stuff that I did at home because of that, or mm. am I able to do it on my own with no reputation and just start from square one? So for me, it's been a fun experience, and I think I've, I've definitely taken from it that, like, you can literally go anywhere and do your thing, and if you're doing it right, people are going to come. Absolutely, and, and you're you know getting me? attention. I don't want to spend too much time on the boxing, but what's the number one thing you've pulled from boxing into your business, like... You know, building yeah. business. So boxing, uh, <laughs> we're going to go off some funny stories. Um, 
one of uh, John... I know some of the, the crew that you hung so, out with. A little crazy, so right? A little yeah. crazy crew. <laughs> so John Scully's a, a very high-level professional trainer. He trained Chad Dawson, who beat Bernard Hopkins. I mean, high-level guy. And when I was growing up as a kid, he would call me Turnip, right? That was my boxing nickname that he had for me because, like, I was so relaxed. I was like a, like a vegetable. Like, I'd be in the corner in the middle of rounds, like, waving to my mom, right? And so... I've had this ultra comfort level with like getting hit in the face. Is it no fear? Or? No, it's just like the situations that I'm comfortable in, right? Like you say, holy crap, I gotta, I gotta go meet Tom Ferry. I'm like, whatever, dude, I've had world champions punch me in the face. It's not like that yeah. big a deal. Yep. And what happens is real estate punches you in the face all the time. Every day. Transactions punch you in the face. And I think my comfort level with getting punched in the face has helped me stay relaxed in situations like that. And to me, you have no fear, right? Like, so yeah, you, you've you've just kind of come on the scene like very quickly in terms of like social media. Yeah, like, yeah. you you're willing to say hello and knock on the door of anybody, whether <laughs> yeah. that's lab code agents, the relationships yeah. you've created there, or RETV. Like, yeah. what are you doing with RETV, by the way? I wherever that on goes, Facebook. it's gonna go right. So, um, are, are you gonna get me more involved in that? Well, yeah, I tag you every Nicole, here and there. Tim says he's going to get us involved in RETV, okay. but are you really? Yes. Can we hold you to For it? Sure. Come on, I get you guys involved in anything I do. You know you that. Because now um, this is recorded. So. Well, I'll, I'll give you a little tidbit here right. that I found, right? And and I'm not a genius by any means, but sometimes I run into things and I'm like, oh, shit, this is real. Um, everybody talks about building Facebook groups. Yeah. And it's not an easy thing to do, right? Because there's so many of them. So you talk about building a successful... There's so many, there's so many of them that are big but are super weak on like how deep they are right? okay like, yes. on the real engagement the real relationships yes like actually helping people actually giving a fuck so what we found was there's a million groups for real estate agents so you want to go try to make a facebook group for real estate agents good luck there's already a bunch of them yeah but what we found is is that people that are in these facebook groups right like there's these comments in, in these posts that get all the attention and they add no value, right? There's so much BS going on in these Facebook groups. And so, well, you know, obviously video is everything. Everybody's talking about how video is everything. Right. So we said we're going to make a group for video. I actually think this is everything. Or right this, now, yeah, audio. this is awesome too. You know, it's um, the trifecta. We're going to make a group for video and that's all it's going to be. There's no comment section arguments. Yeah. There's no questions you should ask your broker. There's no like recruiting. You're not going to like say, yeah, there's no pitching. Your, no pitching. There's like, no BS. It's like the 5 a.m. call. No, no pitching. No, no pitching. Right. No BS. Just video, and people have loved it. And the thing is, too, we're lambasting people. All right. Videos. So, so if you're a real estate, like if if Nicole and I wanted to just jump onto RETV and post the most recent episode of the Real Word, yeah, are we allowed to, or is that self-promotion? No, like, dude. where do you see that? No, 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 no. Because I mean, look, I have brokers. Do we post that and say, hey, what do you think of this last episode? Should we shorten it? Should we exactly. include more guests? Yeah. Should we? But dude, you guys are putting out valuable content on the real. Like, like what would you be selling? No, we on don't the real sell world? anything. That's on the that's real. my yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah. Even a broker though that puts out his recruiting video, right? One, if he's obviously selling, he's gonna get like we we know. You know what I mean? So if people are trying to sell stuff, they're warned or booted. Join EXP. Right. <laughs> All right. Here we go. We knew it was coming. <laughs> we knew it was coming. But uh, we, you know, if somebody's trying to sell, they're out. But ultimately, like. A lot of our videos do sell. Like our yeah. videos should be selling. So you put them on there, you're gonna get feedback as long as you're not like, check out this video for my social media marketing course that's going on tomorrow. Then I'm like, all right, it's get a, that out of here. It's a safe place for agents to go and post videos and get feedback yeah. and, and, and learn, right? Yeah, and honestly, it's great to see a video go up and get horrible feedback yeah. and get 
like ripped to shreds. But all with love. With love. Yep. And the person that made the video go out and do another one the next week and do it better. And that for right. me is like the reason we're doing it is one, yeah, sure. If like the Byron Lazines who are doing good video can do it a little better, great. But for me, I want to have like a thousand agents that would never have gotten in front of a video camera if not for this group. That's like my personal impact goal. Let's switch it up a little bit. All right, let's I appreciate it. what you're doing with the video world. Cool. But let's switch it up and let's talk about EXP. Oh! Just a little bit. Yikes! All right. We're certainly not going to turn this into a recruiting pitch or anything like that. What's the, what to you, because EXP is making a lot of noise. Yeah. Gary Keller certainly is not a fan. We yeah. saw that on Inman <laughs> Surprisingly, you know. Uh, in, in, you know, this, this past summer in 2018. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of doubters on EXP. We know they've, what are they at, a thousand a month? For new agents? Well, for new agents? We, we don't have any, I definitely. I think I heard that number somewhere. Yeah, so I, I know there was a month where we hit a thousand or came close to a thousand or over a thousand, whatever. That was a month. I don't know what their average monthly for this year is. Yeah. But we're over 100% year over year growth for the last okay. like, three or so four years. So, what in your mind is the number one reason agents are attracted to EXP? Yeah. Well, I, I don't even want to do that because I think everybody's different. But, but the I, ones that are going there. Like, what do you think? Like, Kyle Whistle brought his mega okay, team so Kyle with Whistle, some major who's, players. Who's literally, he's maybe in this room right now. I did, I did just my, in the bathroom. My right? opinion is that Kyle Whistle moved over Whistle Realty, which is yep. one of the most successful San Diego, great small company. brokers yep. in, in San Diego, right? He moved it over because he realized the, the pipe dream of selling a brokerage for X amount of dollars. You're going to get a non-compete. Doing the exit, you're, you're going to get the yeah. non-compete, you're going to get all that stuff. He said, look, I can do this. I can sell a brokerage and make, you know, I'm throwing numbers out there. I can make five mil a year or something on selling my brokerage, or I can make this a year in revenue Continue share. to work. And continue, continue to work. To my and do all, yeah, so for a lot of people that see it the right way, it's a better exit strategy than well, what's out there currently. And That's he, for the bigger team leaders, And he I hasn't think. exited, right? He's gotten that revenue share, that drip every month. What do yeah. you guys get paid, a month on those, those Yeah, drips? it's every month. Getting those drips in every <laughs> single month. Um, so he's getting that, yeah. but he still owns his deal. He could pop out of EXP tomorrow and, and, and go back to Whistle Realty. No. He couldn't. No, 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 and that's why. Well, he'd give up his rev share, but theoretically, he could just pop Oh, right yeah, out. if it doesn't fit. And that's the thing, too. You it's know what like, I mean? People are like, no, I don't he'd know. give up the rev it's share. It's like, look, if I joined EXP right. and it wasn't a good fit, just what go I'm back. Saying, that's what I mean. He you still know? owns his business. He owns his yeah. brand when you sell out. But I'm glad you brought that up. And what Gary Keller was saying on stage was that, look, hey, you know, everybody's crapping on Keller Williams. That's at EXP. He which, said, those boys should send me my money back. Right, and he's like, he said, he's like. The Keller Williams revenue lives on. Yeah, because you can vest there yeah. and still collect profit share right. while you're cannibalizing their business at EXP, yes. which is interesting. And that's so why. So interesting. But that's why EXP did that's it. That's why he's so pissed. And that's why EXP did it smarter. Yeah. Where if you leave, you're, you're not getting it. Yeah. It, so it, we're locking people in. Is well, what yeah, we're but doing. now that they're public on your vested stocks yes. that are on the NASDAQ, you're going to keep those. Well, I mean, I can keep the stock. I can sell the stock. You can keep the stock. You're not going to keep your drip. You're not going to keep your. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. well, you can keep some of it. So, the other thing we have now, you're now you're getting me into pitch mode. Really. I don't want to pitch. I swear, uh, I don't want to pitch. No, no, but, we're just breaking this thing down, seeing if it's a good okay, deal. Okay, look, look. Here's the deal. It, whether or not EXP is for you, because it's not for everybody. I'm not some super. Yeah. I don't want to be gonna, super. There's free. no way it's going to be for everybody, right? Yeah, there's no model that's for everybody. But the reason why it's different. And the reason why people talk about it so much is because it's a different, it's like a completely different structure. You can't really compare it to what's out there because it's not a franchise model. There's no market center owner. They've like, they're trying to platform do you, out do you, brokerage. 
You know what I mean? Instead I of so so that's the difference. But what they're doing, the reason their retention thing is, is the golden handcuffs thing. So we're gonna give you right if you're performing, you're Byron, you're crushing it. I'm gonna give you as much vested stock as I can. Okay. You're bringing people on. Your rev share is growing. You're getting rev share. You're you getting invested. You're getting invested stock. And then Keller Williams comes in and says, Byron, look, we want to give you this deal. We want to give you this office. We want to give you this. And you're like, that sounds great. But unfortunately, I have like. X amount of vested stock that I need to wait for. I've got X amount in revenue share coming in. I can't walk away from that. So I'm stuck, golden handcuffs, stuck at EXP, which I think is a good problem to have. The thing that Keller Williams did, which look, Keller Williams is an amazing company. You can't foresee everything that's going to happen, right? Right. What happened with Keller Williams is like you can invest in profit share, which is which is great, right? And there's that's all good intention stuff, Mm -hmm. but they didn't put anything in there like you're gonna stop collecting profit share if you go work for competition. And so right. what's happened is these guys built up these great revenue or uh, profit share organizations and now they get to leave it. They and still they collect and it. And, HP or what? and now they're building, you know what I mean? So, the, I mean, there's a certain, there's a no doubt rivalry between EXP yeah. and Keller Williams. Which, because of which the way, cracks me up though, cause I'm like, well, I don't care. No, you, you know? don't, but it's the way EXP was founded and yeah, all this yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. So, straight up, do you think EXP is gonna be bigger than KW someday? Yes. Heard it here from Tim Macy yeah. first. No, and He's on the record. That's a huge. That's a huge. That's a huge. It's not a little pistachio, Look, bro. And, and, but I, I'm a realist. Yeah. There's so many It'll things that could happen between here and there. But if well, you'll need if we as a company because I need take KW ownership to regress and you'll need EXP well, to continue yeah. to you know be on this upward trajectory. But my thing is like. I take ownership of the company, right? So it's my company, and I, I would never have done that if I was at another company, but because the portfolio's grown, the the involvement I've gotten to have, it's my company. And if we keep doing the things that we're doing and we don't have any like major screw-ups, there's no reason our model will not be the biggest one in real estate. Wow. That's a huge statement. Yeah. Let's talk about the disruptors, the people that are trying to eat in. Not I only love this. EXP, I Keller love this. Williams yeah, they're coming for everybody. They're coming from everybody. It doesn't matter what brokerage you're with. When I'm talking about Open Door, I'm talking yep. about Purple Bricks. I'm talking about um, you know all those kind of guys. Right? Yeah. Trilora is, is an example. Yeah, I don't know that one. What's that one? They're based out of Denver. Yeah. Um, all employees, so they're doing. I think it's about three thousand. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple different packages, but it's a very low cost to get your house listed. You pay you know pay the money. It's a fee yep. type of thing. The disruptors. What's the most in- interesting disruptor? And do you are you like are you on Gary Keller's side where you think ah, this isn't going to work out? They're going to get wiped out in the next downturn, or do you think that a lot of them are here to stay and they're really going to chew so, up some of the business? I I am a. <laughs> it's funny because Gary Keller, like you read his books, you see his stuff. I'm a huge Gary Keller fan. You see him talk on stage, and it's hard to get connected to the guy because he's he's so grumpy. Like he's yeah. so like he's just so he's pissed, he's pissed. and it's it's he has cool. No reason to be. Part of, part of me has some connection to that, but I just dude, he was number one on Swanapol's report this year. Yeah, like, dude, number one most powerful dude. I or I like woman in, I like leaders that in, in are are positive yeah. and they're out there like let's do. And he just like got this like yeah, you know what I mean. And so I'm not digging his vibe, but I'm digging his obviously overall success and his yeah. knowledge. I mean, the millionaire real estate agent is still like the book. It's a great book. You know what I mean? So I'm, he, he identifies the problem and he identify like, but I don't agree with some of what he thinks is going to happen. Th- like, and so, I don't, so, so, so let's veer away from him. What do you think 
about the disruptors in real estate? So one, the biggest disruptor in real estate, and I'll mm -hmm. definitely go on record saying this, yep. the biggest disruptor in real estate is ourselves. Okay. Real estate agents, right? Okay. We're so, we romanticize our gig so much. It's like cab companies. Uber didn't put cab companies out of business. Crappy service from cab companies put cab companies out of business. Yep. And that's not, I'm not on the like, you know, we should raise our realtor fees and weed out the bad agents. I'm just, I'm just saying it is what it is. Like we're not focused enough on the client, uh, on the client process and the client experience and figuring out how to make that better collectively. That's the other thing. I mean, I love Tom Ferry, favorite guy, and he's getting up there saying, you need to focus on your collective, you know, you need to focus on your client experience, right? Agents need to focus on their client experience. You got these multi-billion dollar companies that are focusing on the client experience. And no matter how bad I want to, which we're doing interesting things to try yeah. to make the client experience better, yeah. it's gonna be pretty hard to compete with the multi billion dollar company so that's going after it so we've kind of back and forth on this before but it's like we need a collective movement to make the client experience better we've had some collective movements for like legislation yep. or the stop zillow thing right we oh, all get geez. together I, <laughs> we all get together to try to stop things yeah, but yeah. we're not all coming together to try you, to start you know where things. i stand on the, on yes the quote unquote stop yes zillow so that being said, okay. If you Does that make sense? It makes sense. If you think it's the agent, just being not innovating, you know, not, yeah. you know, basically doing what the consumer wants and where they're going to go anyways, what is the biggest problem, right? Like, what is our biggest issue right now and how we're engaging clients or what we're offering clients and consumers? Like, what's their biggest friction point Look, currently want, in 2018? They want simplicity, right? Like, give them simplicity. So everybody is worried about the open door, the mm -hmm. eye buyer, the instant offers. Everybody's worried about the things for sale by owner. Like, look, give them all of the options that they want. Oh, you're looking for an offer in 24 hours? Fine, I'll get you four. Yeah, I'm not worried about you open door, I mean? by the way. I'm excited about, because I <laughs> think open door is a feature that we're going to end up using, meaning, it, exactly. meaning we're not going to have to worry about sending a, you know, think about it. Think of, Nicole just had a walkthrough today, and, and most of the teams here, yep. we had a couple of people back, we were trying to coordinate this walkthrough. Mm -hmm. Like, what about the lockbox being there and the client going through because they've got the open door feature where they put their driver's license in, they put their yep. information in, now the buyer's already through the process, they probably already have their information in there because mm -hmm. they probably took grandma over there to show her the yeah. living room, yeah. right? So they walk through the house at this point during the walkthrough and they take the photos and they send it right to the attorney. I'm actually pumped about that yeah. because we don't have to coordinate that disaster of, let me show up here for a half hour and stand there while you get so excited on your walkthrough mm -hmm. that you're buying the house. Now, granted, it, it might be a nice touch point for an agent to deepen that relationship, yeah. but do you necessarily have to be there and, and make it a huge coordination issue? And certainly showings, I think that feature of allowing buyers to access properties when they want is going to enable people that have the inventory mm -hmm. to double end, so, just double end a yeah. ton of deals. So you're, what you're talking about is, like, again, I keep talking about the fact that as agents, as an industry, obviously not all of us, we romanticize what we do, right? It's the like, showing of the house. Right, the showing. People want us, people don't want to deal with us if they don't have to, right? And, and the, nothing's 100%. Luxury, 
you're gonna have to show these houses. Everything's you're, different. Yeah. You're not taking an eighteen million dollar house in Malibu like we walked through and put it online the other day, for open and showings. you're like, oh, go yeah. anybody can go see it because that yeah. that become a but disaster. Look, okay, so so Blockbuster, right? Did this study? Netflix was coming. And they did a study, and what they highlighted to shareholders was that we shouldn't worry about the streaming stuff mm-hmm. because people still enjoy the experience of going of to going a store, to and, a store and, and they were so full of crap. They were romanticizing yeah. what they did. They didn't acknowledge the fact that people may want to cut out the store. People may want to. Do you know there's one blockbuster the left right yeah. now in America? There's only one <laughs> it, blockbuster where is it in at? America. I can't remember. It's where in Alaska it is. or something. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah There's yeah. one left. Yeah. Super crazy, but here's where I think it's gonna go. You have you have the the app that enables you as a buyer to go into the house, mm-hmm. right? Now, if you do it right as that listing agent, you have the inventory. Maybe there's an iPad waiting in the house, so you, you've now torn the house. Yep. You can give your feedback right on the app, yep. but you can also maybe click. Hmm, I'd like to make an offer, and then yep. boom, uh, the next sheet pops up. Are you already pre-qualified? Like. Like Bank what of America, what they were talking yeah. about today, like how they're going to do this digital application, which is going to take much less time. Like, I really believe closings are going to go down to like a 14-day period in about they five, have to. 10 years, right? Yeah. They're going to get, I mean, much shorter than 10 years, probably five years. They're talking about enabling third, third-party third information. Mm-hmm. Like, you're in the house and you're excited, and there's not even an agent there, and you're walking up to an iPad or, yeah. or, or maybe some type of, you know, uh, Alexa device or whatever it is. Can I jump in? And go ahead. What about Boutique VR? You show a client twenty. See, I you think show this cli- stuff's way before VR. I don't know, dude. You, you, we can go down the street, right, mm-hmm. to the okay. Star Wars game, and I was literally shooting stormtroopers going through rooms. Yeah, but I still believe, and maybe I'm being romantic. Yeah. I still believe the majority of people are going to want to no, no, physically no, get sure, in the house. No, no, for sure, for sure. So I show a buyer fifteen houses, right, and they want to offer write an offer on one of them, boutique VR small little space they put on their thing they can go through 40 homes and pick the three that they they actually want to go see you know what i mean yeah absolutely so i i just think i think that's i think absolutely so you're talking about a lot of stuff right what i think is like perfect world which the chances of this happening are very small perfect world we as an industry talk about nar we talk about having some because look there's disruptors Right there's the open doors, then there's Zillow over here, and then there's this circle of NAR and all these hundreds of brokerages and hundreds of MLSs that just fight with each other, mm-hmm. and that's yep. why we get taken out. Yeah, is because none of us are collaboratively coming together as one singular organization yeah. and coming up with any of these solutions ourselves. So instead, they're gonna they're gonna kill us, and that's that's why it's gonna happen if we collectively identified the things that you're saying. Right, like we should adopt this open door thing where buyers can just look at houses whenever they want. We should adopt this instant offer thing. We should become the eye buyer instead of letting the eye buyer take all our stuff. And then, as a singular organization, we take the millions and millions of dollars that we send off to NAR. I mean, we talk about NAR dues upping all the time, yeah. and I get pissed off about it. Not because I can't afford they got to prove to go up, but not because I can't year, afford right? to pay more. Yeah, just because it's not like it's going to help me out. Because you've seen them spend hundreds of million dollars on things like RPR. Which, oh my god! And, yeah. and, and, and I mean, I posted it in a Facebook group, and a lot of people are using it. I, yeah, I, I've come to find that a lot of people are using it. When I go into my marketplace, Connecticut, there's not, not accurate information. Why? Why is there not accurate information? They probably just don't give a shit about Connecticut. 
No, but I mean, it, it's I don't just know. because you have know. RPR, and then the information has to go to like the local board, and the local board's got to approve the thing, and then they, it's ridiculous. The bureaucracy is ridiculous. Redfin has made one site that works across the country, right? Yet we have 700 something MLSs. Oh, I understand. I'm ranting. I don't mean to rant. No, I get it. But you brought <laughs> up Redfin, and here's what I see right now with Redfin. Are you putting time constraints on this? We are, because we have Tommy Tool coming up next. Oh, well, we can we can roll till he gets here, you know? <laughs> He's going to be late anyways, those Philly guys. So Yeah, th- those Philly boys. <laughs> they roll tough. He'll throw you right out. Well, eh. you're, you're <laughs> I was talking to him last night. I think he's good. <laughs> Redfin w- model originally was like, we're going to have employees. Yeah. But they're doing a lot of agent partners. Yes. Why do you think? Oh, well, b- you because... It's, you think it's just a, now that they're public, they have to keep the profits up? Well, no, I mean, I... I look... I, I We're have just a trying lot of, to infiltrate more markets. Yeah, I mean, the employee model probably doesn't work the best, right? And so they're going back to more of the partner model. But what does work great is their website. Yeah. The fact that they can schedule showings right through the website. Zillow works great in the fact that you can click the button and you're talking to an agent within 60 seconds, right? Like, that is what we, as an organization of real estate agents, need to On be doing. On a micro level, yeah. No, no. A, That's um, the problem. We're all doing it on a micro level, in our and we can't and in hang. Our we can't hang with the big dogs because we're all trying to do it individually. Instead of having an, or, imagine if we had one organization that everybody wrote a check for hundreds of dollars for every year. Can you imagine if we had that? Uh, I, we, we don't have that. I, you know what? I think we do have that. And so if that organization came together and started putting these solutions in that way, we instead of trying to do it all on our own and compete with these big guys. Okay, so is it is it our fault that that Listen, I don't get involved with NAR at all. Is it our fault that we're not getting involved and spending the time there? Uh, or is it... Or, <laughs> no, yeah, honestly, I know, right? I know, like, I know. Because like, there's two sides of the coin. Well, they're going to say, hey, Byron and Tim, you're sitting there in your soapbox, but you guys aren't doing anything, right, to, to, to get involved with NAR. You're not going to... I don't go down to the conferences yeah, in Orlando like, or D.C. or, or, but or that's wherever. because every time you go to them, you're like, this is ridiculous. Nothing is getting done here. It's like... You know, it's like I, I've spent some time in the local government stuff, you know, working on different. We have a lot of Airbnb regulation coming in. I have some Airbnbs, so that's like a thing. Um, and it's like when you have a culture that's built on bureaucracy, you're not going to attract innovation. So if NAR started doing things that were more innovative, maybe they weren't doing once a quarter board meetings they were doing live stream talk directly to leadership stuff and I can comment on a Facebook video about what I'm talking about and people can vote on it you want they, an open conversation I want more open conversations I just want them like to see any sign of innovation and then maybe I'll start playing I can contribute you know what mm-hmm. I mean instead it's like I don't know it's just all the old ways they, they don't they don't make me feel like I would get anything done if I participated. Make me feel like I'm gonna be able to have a voice and have an impact, and I'll start showing up. All right, a couple quick questions. Let's do it. Before we sign off. The number How one- How long's your show? Uh, this one is gonna be short. We're gonna, I'm gonna see you again. No, like, I'm just saying, I do, I do hours, man. I, know, I gotta do I an know. hour. You gotta get good stuff in an hour. hour. But you know, my friends, they're gonna wanna go out to like eat dinner at some point. All right, all right, you know? I got you. Maybe. I'm not buying it, but whatever. What's going to be the best investment for somebody? Because you do investments. You Mm -hmm. do Airbnb, some flips, that kind of thing. What's the best? If somebody wants to invest in real estate, what's the single best investment going to be over the next three or four years? Oh, jeez. That's a good one. Is it like, are you all in on the Airbnbs? Or do Mm. you think buying multifamily? Do you think 
Look, where, I, what do you think it is? Like multifamily's through the roof right now. It's yeah, like, I don't. I'm not high. big. Like, real multifamily. Yeah, I'm, I'm like not big families. on real multifamily right now. Okay. I think because why? Because the prices cap are rates too high? are so okay. compressed. So they're at right? five. Right? And so is, you is, can buy a market value property right now, right? But interest rates are going to tick up a point. Yep. And all of a sudden, buying cars going to be that. and you're going to be underwater. Yeah. On an investment property, if you bought big multifamily. Yeah. Um, I really think it comes down to the individual, right? Like. I'm a tech forward guy. My wife manages our Airbnbs. Airbnbs are a great investment vehicle for us because it's what we like doing. You have somebody that like makes big bucks and they just want to stick their money in something and get a return, get appreciation, get depreciation, get mortgage interest write off, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Then buy a brand new duplex in New Braunfels. You know what I mean? Like buy something that you got a 10 year warranty on. It's going to pay itself down. If you want to have more fun, I mean, study some markets, find a gentrifying neighborhood, find out where the multi-million dollar mixed-use complex is going, mm -hmm. buy the thing in the hood that's right next to it, and rent that where, out for where's five Where's your years. money going to go? Airb more Airbnbs? Right now, we're more focused on the Airbnbs. We're all, like, right, we're definitely a little bit on the fence. One, waiting for the market, right? We're going to kind of see what that does, so we're not overly... What are you seeing in your market, actually? So it's cooling off. It's definitely, I won't say it's dropping. Dude, but it's, I've heard that so much yeah, no, in the last three days. I, I talked to Corey from Vegas. Uh, He's like, well, there's a little uh, a little stoppage. We had 23% jack in inventory. He's like, but that's a good thing. We didn't have any inventory. I'm like, okay. Yeah, no, like, it's not a good thing. Manhattan, yeah. like uh, California, like like everybody. Yeah, no, so I, and so I, I don't have to sound like And in a, Connecticut, we're just like, this shit's normal. You guys don't, <laughs> you guys don't know what the fuck's going on out here. I don't have to sound like a like a philosopher if I say the market's slowing. It's, everybody knows it's slowing down. Inventory is ticking up. Interest rates are ticking up. All this stuff's going up. And so, you know, are you at the top of the market, right? Like, you should, if you're at the top of the market, I think you want to buy things that are a sure win. Mm -hmm. right? Like, I bought my house, $100,000, right? Like, I, I, don't get me wrong. I've been there, too. It's a beauty. Not everybody wants to live in a hundred thousand dollar house. On the same hand, the if the market could crash tomorrow, and you're going to be fine. I still have a hundred thousand dollar house. If exactly. I buy a half a million dollar house and the market crashes tomorrow, you're gonna have I don't think it's the same thing. House. Yeah. So find assets that are always going to be affordable right now or in a crash, because I think you definitely hedge your risk that way. So yeah. I would say cheap single family houses if you can get them in appreciating areas. I think that's a win. You like the single doors? Right now, I mean, look when the market crashed. That's when everybody bought up the big apartment complexes and, and did the value well, add thing and made millions. If the, if the market crashes, to your point, if interest rates go up, well, then a lot of those guys that bought the 200 units could get wiped out if yeah. they were, you know, especially if they're on interest only or something yep. like that. So there's going to be opportunity. So I would buy things that are less risky and sing, like cheap single family houses are less risky. They're always going to be cheap single family houses and the value doesn't go up and down as much. All right, let's end here. If Why you're you end, man? You're trying to figure well, out. I mean, come on now. Come on now. <laughs> we got Tom Tool coming in the house somewhere. I don't see him. Where's he at? If, Anyways, um, what do you got? If you're a new agent listening to this podcast, yeah. what's the first thing you would do? Oh, man. All right. I like it. Like, would you join coaching? Would you just start posting on Facebook? Would you, like, join a, like, EXP? Look, don't, don't even go there. Nah, I know. I Besides know, I know, joining I know. EXP. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. You know? What's so, the first thing you would do? This is me. And I've made like 10 cold calls in my career. So I'm okay. not, I'm, you know. You slide dial though. Hey, 
This I, is why we're going to end early because I want you to talk to Nicole about Sly Sly Broadcast. Sly Broadcast. Sly Broadcast here from Slidow. Yeah. Um, so I'm not like a big traditional lead gen guy. So for most people, I would say do open houses every weekend and get on the phone. If you want to do more my route, I would say start creating content. Join something like RETV where you can get ideas of what kind of content to create. The reason I say that is whenever we get new agents in, here I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a spiel. Whenever we get new agents in, I say one, you got to learn how to do the business, right? You got to learn how to take a customer through a transaction. You got to know the nuts and bolts. You can't be an idiot. You got to know what you're doing. The second thing is you got to generate leads, right? You got to do open houses, you got to do that stuff so you can get buyers in the door so you can close deals and pay the bills. The third thing is, which I think everybody should start on right now, is building your personal brand. Okay. Because when open door becomes the thing, you can sell your house in two seconds and buy the next one in two days, right? Like there has to be some reason that people are not going to use open door and they're going to call you. And for me, I think that's your personal brand. Put out content that's so engaging, so creative, and so thoughtful that people are waiting for the opportunity to work with you because they want to be a part of what you're doing. And so don't just be the like real estate guy, be the engaging person that Nicole's aunt needs to buy a house. And you're like, oh my God, I watch Byron all the time. He's so funny well, and I love his stuff. I can't, you gotta call him. I actually can't wait for the day that Nicole's aunt calls me and says, hey, <laughs> I'm thinking about listing my house and I've been watching the real world and- Byron seems like he knows I'd, what he's doing. I'd love for you to be my listing agent. Actually, I got a bonus question. What do you got? In 2025, what are the uh, commissions going to be in America? What is going to be the average real estate commission in America in 2025? All right, so I'm not going to give you a straight answer. but Just pick a number. I will say, I think things will change, right? Like QuickBooks. I don't need a bookkeeper. Okay. Right? Like I do my stuff on QuickBooks. It your, doesn't. Your book's not big enough if you don't need a bookkeeper. It doesn't necessarily mean. Hey, we were talking there, about that. We were talking that about right Kyle there. Whistle. Kyle Whistle in the house. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm not going to have an accountant, right? Because I want to know, like, how this new tax law affects me. I want to know how much expenses should I take. Like, I want to know. I need a consultant. I need somebody to like give me that high level knowledge. I don't. I no longer need somebody to open the door for me. I well, no longer need the BS. What do you think the, the, the commission rates are going to be? I, well, I, I don't think the commission rates are going to be what they are, okay. but I think it's going to be think more. Be higher? No, they're going to be lower. Um, but I think it's going to be more. Your job isn't going to be running around and going to an inspection for three hours. Your job is going to be pick apart maybe thirty percent of what an agent does day to day. Yeah, and you're going to be a consultant. So then your so then your commission could theoretically be twenty or thirty percent less. But I should be able to do three hundred deals a year because I'm. You're going to fly. Here's what I actually think too. On yeah. top of that, I think that if you're able to do more deals, I think naturally. I don't think what's happened historically where people stay in their homes like New England where we are 30 years. No. What I think is going to actually happen. We're more transient I think people generation. are going to buy and sell a lot more yeah. in their lifetime, which yep. to your point is going to create a lot more deals. Mm -hmm. And if there's a lot more deals, I don't, and the commission drops a little bit. That's fine. Big deal because I'm, I'm going to be able to control Plus, the Plus, if you're not putting signs out, if you're not going to yep. inspections, you're not doing the BS and you're just a consultant guiding somebody and giving them the knowledge that they can make a better decision, you can, you can do a lot more. All right. One more bonus question. Let's do it. I like, I like Tom being late. I want to get a, good. a chuckle out of, out of some peeps here. Uh-oh. Do you know who Sean Penn is? Any chance? <laughs> Movie guy. Um, is he director? What's your favorite actor? Who's your favorite actor? 
Ooh, ooh, that's a tough one. Um, all right, so I'm going to give you a really oddball answer there. I'm not going to give you an actor. He's from our area, hometown. Casey Neistat is my favorite oh, guy yeah. that does video. And it goes back to what I'm saying. He's from New London, Connecticut. He, he went to Ledger. He's got like 10 million plus YouTube followers. So, here's the thing with social media, right? Like, if, if, uh, if Jerry Seinfeld, for instance. Actually, Casey Neistat's dad just came to a party we had at the Granite House. Shout out. Mr. Nice that was there. Um, if I met Jerry Seinfeld, I would hope I'd get like 20 minutes to get to know him. All right, because I've watched all his TV shows, I've watched all his stuff, I'd love to get to know Jerry Seinfeld. If I met Casey Neistat, I already know who he is. Right? Like I don't need to get to know him because, because of his videos and through his authentic, super yeah. authentic engaging videos. I already know who he is. And, like, we have that same opportunity. I think he just does it the best. That's why he's my favorite. He's just so good, yeah. Right? But if you listen to Byron's podcast and you're a potential client and you watch his videos, right, Byron walks in the door, you already know him. His rapport building is is pretty much all done. Like, right. you've already done that. And so you can leverage this stuff to what, build that rapport. It's amazing. What I like about that, too, is if you have watched my video, then – and I'm not your style, then you're probably not going to call me. So we're not going to go through, like, attracting bad clients, right? Right? A lot of the stuff. friends or relationships or business relationships. A lot of the stuff on RATV. I don't know if you follow my buddy Colin, who's in Pennsylvania, Colin Cameron. Like, we watch all these. I mean, honestly, you spend money on this stuff. Like, there's some higher-level production stuff that, and not saying your stuff, but there's, like, you. I can pull up listing videos that have been, you know, $3,000 budget that literally 200 people have watched. Yeah. Right? But Colin... Is so good at sticking his camera on a tripod, hitting record, and just being real with, you know, the, the people in front of him that he gets thousands and thousands of views on every single thing. He's got a zero-dollar production bu- budget just because he's super authentic. Mm-hmm. People give him crap because they're like, you got a backwards hat on and you're not professional. There are people that are never going to do business with you. And he says, well, that's great yeah, because you're going to attract the business that you want and you're going to attract the business you want. It's so important. Yeah. When are you going to have me back on the Tim Macy show? Dude, I don't know, man. I haven't done the multiple guest thing. Multiple guests? Like, or guests that's come yeah, on I multiple should be the, times. Oh, I think I was your best show, so it would make sense <laughs> to have me back a second time. Actually, Nicole was on that show, wasn't she? Were you on that show? Nicole was. was. on the Tim Macy show? Yeah, well, she got very sensitive when I mentioned the fact that I was having you on the show, and then she wasn't involved, then we had to get her involved. That was in that little office above from, uh... You know? It was in that little office in Guilford. So... Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't there? Wherever, it doesn't matter. We've got some prelim plans. you got to have me back. It's the first ever, you know, second back show, whatever you call it. The recall show. Here's the deal. We're making some prelim plans to maybe spend some time in southeastern Connecticut. When's that? Prelim plans. Nothing nothing set in stone yet. But uh, I'd love to have you on the show while I'm home. Somewhere local, maybe some cool just spot. maybe we'll, do it. we'll 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 have a proper setup. We won't be in your bath. You know, we could just go into my bathroom. Well, you look, know? Here, and that's a that's a. I'm glad you brought that up because people are like, you know, I don't know, like, what kind of camera should I get? What kind of microphone should I get? Do I need a green screen? And I'm like, look, I got a hundred dollar microphone, a hundred dollar webcam. <laughs> I'm in my living room oh, interviewing Bill Pipes, Sharon, <laughs> all these guys. Yeah, you nobody. Cares about your setup, although I love yours. Thank you. Just do it. Just start recording. Just stuff. start doing it. Where can they find the show? At the Tim Macy Show. 
At the Face- Tim Macy show on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, Facebook, just the Tim Macy show. There's not a whole lot of other Tim Macy's out there. So No YouTube, just Facebook. M-A-C-Y. I'm on YouTube. That's one of my things okay. that I'm leaving this conference with. we got to repurpose the content and get more out on YouTube. Awesome, brother. Really appreciate you. I could keep going, bro. I know you can keep going. <laughs> All right, man. Bye, Thanks. Brother. Stay well. Love you. Thank you. Peace.